Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone listening. I am Satsuki and welcome to another episode of the Stories of Saniwa podcast. In this episode, we are going to discuss the myth and history behind one of the beloved antagonists in recent anime history. This antagonist can be described using many words. Some of them are malicious, narcissistic, vicious, and depraved. The author of the series where this antagonist came from described him as less of a sorcerer and more of a walking disaster. In this episode, we are going to talk about the demon that is Ryomen Sukuna. Before I proceed, I would like to give you guys a warning. The following story contains graphic descriptions of crimes and adult dialogues, so if you are not into that, feel free to click away from this episode. But if you're interested to know more about the topic at hand, then stay where you are and let us begin. Many anime and manga fans would know Jujutsu Kaisen as an action-packed series that explored darker themes, yet still knew how to keep things light. The story centers around Itadori Yuji, a teenager who was described to have the charm of a puppy combined with the brute strength of a gorilla. Despite these near-human abilities, though, um, Yuji remains to be a kind-hearted boy who prefers to spend his days goofing off with his friends in the school's occult club. However, things go sideways after a series of incidents at his school led him to swallowing a cursed object. And not just any cursed object, but a finger of Ryomen Sukuna. A powerful specter with an ego big enough to swallow the sun. Well, consuming the finger could have been fatal to any human. But because of Yuji's strength, it turned his body instead into a host for the said specter. As a fan of the series myself, I could say that one alluring aspect behind the Jujutsu Kaisen series is that it is deeply rooted in Japanese culture and history. And you know me, I love my culture, Japanese culture and history. Um, the little details such as the accurately portrayed temples which the sorcerers used as their schools and the Shinto funeral showing Yuji, the lead character, picking bones from the cremated ashes of his grandfather using chopsticks, shows this. The show also explored Buddhist ideologies such as the concept of the main expansion and the hand signs which the characters used. You see, in Buddhism, it is believed that within each person is a whole world that they have the power to control hence their domain each hand sign um, that were performed by the characters is based on mudras or hand gestures used in buddhist and hindu ceremonies as well as their dances these hand signs connect characters from the series to real deities that are present in buddhism and gives us hints about their character 
For example, Itadori Yuji's sensei Gojo Satoru has this technique which is called Unlimited Void. And in executing this technique, he uses the Taishakuten in Mudra, which is linked with the deity Taishakuten, also known as Indra in Hinduism. Um, this deity was believed to be the strongest god of them all. The same connections can be made um, with other characters and their domain expansion hand signs or mudras, which makes it clear that each character has a certain connection to certain deities. More than these tiny details, however, upon my research, I found out that the whole premise of the series was actually based on a myth that became famous in 2005 around the region where Gege Akutami, the author, grew up in. In an interview, um, Akutami confirmed the myth about how a box was found on a construction site. The box that looked ancient was nailed shut and wrapped with tags, and one of which, one of those tags was claiming that Ryomen Sukuna was sealed within. The workers from the construction site immediately contacted a priest who told them not to open the box before he got there to handle things. But of course, curiosity always kills the cat and in this case, quite literally. Some students around the area stumbled upon this box which now that we know the nature of the contents is a wonder why it was just left there lying about for anyone to open like they could have hidden it somewhere safer that no one can stumble upon it until the priest arrived and handled things but i don't know um anyway uh these students being the young people they are with no regards for certain rules or being told not to do anything they would do the opposite so they decided that taking a peek would not hurt and long story short two of them they ended up dying while another one was transferred to a mental institution some of the workers also saw the contents and were so shocked by what was inside that they could not speak. Um, it is said that inside the box was one body with two heads, four arms, and four legs. Um, and does that sound familiar to you? Well, the, when the priest finally arrived, he told the workers that they were basically fucked already. But he would exercise them all anyway, probably as a gesture of goodwill, I don't know. Um, in the end, three of them caught a heavy fever. Um, according to Akutami, the author again of this series, the person who spread this story online sought out the son of the priest who was summoned to the construction site. Apparently, the son was also educated in the Buddhist ways but decided not to follow his father's footsteps and pursued a career in real estate instead. It was apparently the son's responsibility to send the box to Kyoto 
but it never reached its destination and i think reading on the interview we never knew why it did not reach the destination anyway the op was able to meet the sun and that was how they got to know how ryomen sukuna ended up in his box in the first place now let's take a pause for a minute and dive into ryomen sukuna's appearances in japanese mythology before we circle back into the story of the priest's son um, first, let us learn the meaning of the name of itself since keying in the characters for Yomin Sukuna in Google Translate will only leave you very confused. Okay, so the word Ryomen Sukuna means two-sided spirits. However, some old kanji dictionaries state that Sukuna can also mean driving out evil spirits or simply exorcism which i think suits the name more bringing ryomen and sukuna together it refers to a two-faced spirit that kills other spirits which why maybe in the series sukuna is hostile towards other cursed spirits rather than the humans now, the earliest historical mention of the mythological Sukuna came from Nihon Shoki, which, if you have been here since the first season, was heavily referenced before in this podcast. For newbies, though, Nihon Shoki is the Chronicles of Japan, literally translated. Um, it was a document compiled by the Imperial Family of Japan during the Nara period around the year 720. It contains several records as well as legends and myths about ancient Japan. Now, Ryomen Sukuna was described to have two faces on the front and the back of his head, much like Juno in Roman mythology. He also had two pairs of arms and two pairs of legs. Each pair was on the front and the back of the body. And that made me wonder, actually, if they have also confirmed if Sukuna also has to be... Never mind. Anyway, um, it is described as well in Nihon Shoki that his height varies from 3.03 to 54.54 meters. Depending on... Depending on the... Um, on the recollection. He also held a bow, an arrow, and a sword in his hand, and was quick-witted with superhuman strength. Also, according to this book, Sukuna appeared in the Hida province where he disobeyed the imperial court and made people suffer. But in the year 377, the imperial court sent a military commander, um, and this is a mouthful, um, the commander was called Takefurukuma Take no Mikoto to expel Sukuna from the province. While Ryomen Sukuna was described in Nihon Shoki as a villain and an em- enemy to the emperor, the people in Hida and Mino provinces actually treated him as a hero and benefactor, and the people there they actually worshipped him. 
Sukuna was regarded as a kaiki or a patron of the Senkoji Temple and the Zenkyuji Temple in New Kawacho, Takayama. It is also said that he actually introduced Buddhism to the Hida province. In many other old temples around the Hida and Minu provinces, Sukuna was also being worshipped. Um, so who was Ryomen Sukuna? Well, one theory states that Ryomen Sukuna symbolizes twins and brothers and therefore refers to Yamato Takero no Mikoto and his brother who were twins in ancient Japanese history. Another theory was that um, Ryomen Sukuna referred to Emperor Chuai's son Kagosaka no Miko and Oshikuma no Mikoto. Um, in both theories, the pair of brothers are deeply related to the Mino and Hida provinces. A second theory states that according to some locals from Hida, Ryomen Sukuna was their ruler before the invasion of the Yamato Imperial House. As the saying goes, history is written by the victors and not the vanquished. So Yamato fabricated the story to justify their conquest. And thus, the news spread that the Yamato house saved the poor villagers from the evil reign of Sukuna. Yet another theory, and this is the last theory that I found about him, is that in some ancient scripts, Ryomen Sukuna was a hero who defeated an evil dragon. He was even considered as a reincarnation of Kanon with the power to grant salvation. However, there is not much evidence that is around to support this theory. So now that we know what the actual texts say about Ryomen Sukuna, let us now get back to the online version that was described by Gege Akwatami the series author so going back the aop met the priest's son and they got to know how ryomen sukuna ended up in his box which was excavated from this construction site right now according to the priest's son in the 19th century monobeteng goku um he bought conjoined twins from a circus so this may explain why the figure inside the box was having two heads, two arms, and four legs. Though they did still not confirm if there were two peepees. Anyway, um, Monobe Tengoku was the leader of a heretic sect and had some weird tendencies, let's say. He locked up the conjoined twins in a room full of people with deformities. So, why did this Tengoku guy buy the conjoined twins in the first place? Um, it was said that the conjoined twins reminded Tengoku of an Asura or a power-hungry deity which is why he wanted them to survive and so he put up a test. Uh, he 
starved all the other people in the said room where he locked them in. Uh, and he shut the door and left them there with nothing to eat. And maybe he wanted them to turn into each other and eat each other. Which this eventually happened because according to the story, um, Tengoku only opened the room when there was only one survivor left. And lo and behold, it was the conjoined twins who survived this ordeal. A surprise for their survival, if you could even call this a prize. Tengoku proceeded to starve and mummify them so that they wouldn't decompose. Much like the ritual of Buddhist priests where they meditate and starve themselves so that they get mummified alive so and they reach their um, enlightenment. Uh, maybe he was doing the same thing uh, to mummify the conjoined twins. Maybe, maybe. Um... And so the sect then, after that, the sect then mummified the conjoined twins as Ryomen Sukuna, who the twins reminded them of. Uh, the stone-like remains were then wrapped up and became a symbol for their sect. And furthermore, according to this legend, they took the mummified twins with them wherever they went and wherever they go. Disasters like deadly earthquakes always followed. This may be what led Akotami to describe the character Sukuna as the walking calamity that he is. Anyway, after the last devastating earthquake that struck their people, um, Tengoku slashed his throat and it was not said here why he did that uh, and he wrote under the statue-like remains of the twins using his blood that Japan shall perish. This act was believed to represent the continuation of the curse. So the myth actually ends there though. If you got the chills, then you're normal. I also got some chills while reading the story. And anyway, whichever of the legends about Ryomen Sukuna you, that you will follow, it is clear that the Jujutsu Kaisen series has a deep-rooted connection in Japanese culture which only adds to the charisma of the series itself. It also opens up a lot of possibilities and for fans and theorists just like myself, um, it helps us put out guesses as to what may be awaiting our favorite characters in the future. How about you? Um, have you seen or read this series? If you would like to support this podcast, please consider donating to my Ko-fi. That is ko-fi.com slash stories of Saniwa. Also, follow my Twitter that is at stories of Saniwa. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.